Daniel, our next guest, Anna Mears, as I said earlier, one of the greatest Australian cyclists of all time. She won 18 gold, 16 silver, 10 bronze medals at Olympic, World and Commonwealth Games during her 15-year career. She was inducted, not surprisingly, into the Australian Sporting Hall of Fame in 2021. And in 2022, she was named Chef de Mission for the Australian Olympic team for the Paris Games this year. She joins us on the line. Anna, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Terrific. Thanks for having me. And thanks for coming on the show. And I know it's a busy time for you at the moment. But yeah. d- just with the role that you've got now as Chef de Mission, of course, we know you as Anna Mears, the athlete. This is a very different role. How did it come about? And can you just explain to our listeners what exactly the role entails? Yes, well, it came about, I didn't really know that uh, the AOC president, Ian Chessman, kind of had me on the radar as someone that could potentially fill the role. And I just happened to say at the World Championship dinner for the cycling in Wollongong in 2022 that I would love to be chef de mission for Australia one day, thinking it might be 10, 20 years down the road. (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, yeah, Ian gave me a call and he met up and uh, offered me the the uh, the role and I was just a little bit uh, shell shocked to be mm. honest but um, yeah so it's quite different going from being the athlete in the environment to now working with a team at the AOC to create the environment at the Olympic Games in Paris for the next generation of athletes uh, but I'm absolutely loving it I'm loving getting in front of the sports um, learning about all the different intricacies of each of them. Um, and just being able to be back around the team again, I've, I've certainly missed that. So yeah. it's a big role, big front of house role, speaking to the media, obviously, and representing the team, um, building the relationships with the sports and athletes and obviously working with the uh, incredible staff at the AOC to, to bring the games to life for our team. Absolutely. And I must imagine that being an ex-Olympian yourself and being an athlete and being in that Olympic environment, it must help you now in this new role because you know what how athletes think, you know what they expect, you know what demands they might put on management. So that must help you in some respects for, for the chef de mission role. Yeah, no, I, I feel like it has certainly helped because it's quite a um, in, insightful position that I can offer to the staff around what an athlete might feel. And even though I've had a lot of success in my career, um, I also have had a lot of loss. So I, I know, you know, the scale of mm. emotions that can come with high-performance sport environments like the Olympic Games and uh, and what would best potentially support the athletes. Now, that being said, I've been retired for eight years and time does change things. So it's really nice to have the Athletes Commission that the AOC um, really value and I've been able to tap into current athlete opinion around um, some questions that I've had in terms of Paris. So it's been, yeah, it's been a fantastic collaboration thus far and I just can't believe that it's like less than five the months countdown. ago. <laughs> yeah, the countdown's on. Yeah. <laughs> and how many athletes will be in our team and how many have already won selection? Well, we uh, currently have a team of nine athletes. <laughs> That's going to grow, I'm tipping. <laughs> that will grow enormously. We are expecting somewhere between 460 and 480 athletes uh, to represent us at the Games. And we have qualified well over 200 quota spots, but there's a whole process um, around qualification selection and nomination that takes time. And we'll actually announce some of our latest athletes onto the team in end of June, start of July. So we've we've had, um, you know, Chelsea Gobeka, Jess Fox, Brianna Whitehead, Tristan Carter, Tim Anderson, Gray Morris, Matt Wern, Campbell Harrison and Oceana McKenzie. 
they're our nine so far, yeah. um, but that will grow enormously, especially as some of our team sports, um, like I look forward to going to the Matildas qualifying match um, in not, not too far away. You know, as they start to qualify, big, big uh, numbers will start to uh, fill that out. Exactly. We've got the World Swimming Championships on, on at the moment as we speak. And when I last checked, China had won 23 gold, and the Americans eight, the Australian team had won five, but we won 22 medals in total so far. So we're doing well, and our swim team will be as always, the cornerstone of our Olympic team. Uh, Anna, you, you were recently over in Paris, and can I ask you about how the the, the security concerns are for Paris and how um, the Olympic Village is coming along, all the facilities for the athletes? How is Paris readying itself for what is really the almost pretty much the biggest show in, in mm-hmm. terms of sport the world will see this year? Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking fantastic. Uh, it's, well, for... The athletes, it's the first games where family, friends and spectators and fans will be back in the grandstands and, and back mm. around the environment. So that's something that they're definitely looking forward to. But as you know, the, the climate and conditions around the world um, certainly add to, and the enormity of the Olympic Games is a, a huge element of security and it's forefront of, of the planning at the AOC. And um, we know that France is working really hard to ensure the safety of everyone who attends um, and it's great to be able to have that constant uh, communication with them around those pieces but um, the village is finished it looks great uh, I was able to take over uh, with the AOC team about 21 different members from sports that will be at the games to show them the village the venues get them to use the public transport meet with the Paris organizing committee and just collaborate with them around some of the problems that they see that might need some attention and some of the things that they really like so um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm excited. It's mm. quite a small village in, con- in context of um, its footprint, but it's quite functional. So, I think it'll be a nice home away from home for our athletes. And Dan Kowalski and Meg Sissian will do a great job in, in being able to um, support the Olympians there. And um, Bianca Howard is also, you know, putting her magic touches on what it feels like. And yeah. yes, the barista will be back. It was in Tokyo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <There you> <laughs> just a great meeting point for all of the athletes to get together. And tell us the reasoning behind the athletes having to leave the village after their events instead of hanging around until the closing ceremony. Mm. Yeah, so as, as I said, the, the village is quite um, compact and in an effort to uh, make the games more sustainable and affordable for cities to be able to host them they're reducing um, the size of that footprint. So less beds in the village, less seats in the stands for sporting venues. And in Paris, they're only building two new stadiums. Everything else is refurbishing old stadiums or using temporary stands. Uh, And as a result of that, the athletes from our team who are coming in the second week will delay their entry into the games to ensure the athletes of the first week can have the coaches and support staff they required for their performance to be um, as best possible possible. because there's no guarantee when it comes to competition and sport. There's, you know, so much that can go one way or the other. And then the athletes in the first week were asking to move out of the village so we can accommodate more of the um, uh, coaches, uh, athletes and support staff for the athletes in the second week. Um, We want them to come back to closing ceremony and a lot of them are. And so, you know, it's just a a navigation of that. We learnt a lot also out of the Tokyo Games thanks to COVID around health and the impact of performance with um, athletes having to leave 48 hours after competition but the large part of it is simply 
we cannot house all the athletes for the entire time of the Olympics in the village. There are not enough beds. No, that makes sense. Uh, and on that theme about refurbishment with what Paris is doing with some of their existing facilities, and on a similar vein, I was fascinated when I think it was last week they unveiled the Olympic medals for Paris yeah. and, and there's a little bit of the Eiffel Tower in yeah. each medal. I, I just found that inspiring but a, a fascinating uh, decision and really will give that those Paris games there that, that feel of being France. If you can win a medal there, you've, you've certainly won a piece of French history. Absolutely. When I first heard that, I was a bit concerned that they might have weakened the structure yeah, of the Eiffel Tower but yeah. then I realised it was from the scrap metal pieces yeah. of that but um, yeah, it's, it's rare and it's unique. The only other medal that has anything in addition to the gold, silver and bronze content um, in history is Beijing. They added jade because it was their most um, valuable stone in their culture. So I think to be able to put at the heart of the medal a piece of the heart of Paris, which is the iconic Eiffel Tower, um, I know sparks great interest mm. and excitement from the athletes. They're a beautiful medal and... They represent, I think, um, what the, the games in Paris are trying to achieve. And, yeah, I, I got goosebumps and I was slightly envious that I wasn't an athlete still for Paris, yeah. but I'm very okay that I'm handing it over to the next generation. <laughs> and just on that, do you miss competition? Oh, I met, yeah. yeah. Competition got me through the grind of training. I don't miss training at all. (laughs) I miss going to training. Like I said, I miss being around that team of driven, like-minded, positive people, but I don't miss the act of training. The thing that I loved about competition was it was one of the rare chances that I got to showcase where all the hard work culminated in, in that four-year cycle, especially leading into an Olympic Games. And I miss that feeling of being physically at the absolute top of my game. You know, now when I land on a plane, my belly jiggles a little bit and I forget to shave my legs when I stand <laughs> up in front of media, so I wear long pants. But, you know, life, life changes. I've got two beautiful children and they keep me fit and healthy. But um, I miss competition. And I also want to say I'm not sure how I'm going to go being a spectator of our team in Paris because I'm a terribly nervous spectator. Mm. And as an athlete, I had an outlet for that nervous energy. Um, so I have no outlet now, uh, which will be, I'll, I think I'll just have to, you know, scream louder. I think you'd be so busy, Annie, probably it might be your outlet <laughs> as it is. I, I know your focus is on Paris when, in 2024, but what about Brisbane in 2032? The Olympic Games returning to Australia, and oh, I can remember Sydney like it was yesterday. It was a magical moment for the country and for this city. So the preparations for Brisbane, I'm not sure if you've got much to do with it at the moment, and do you hope to be involved in this current role come 2032? Yeah, I don't have any... Um, I'm not involved in the planning for Brisbane 2032. My, my role is largely for the Paris 2024 team. Um, I'm so excited that we have uh, home games looming again because I was a young 16-year-old in Sydney. I remember it. I didn't go, but, you know, because we didn't have the money in in country Queensland at the time. But um, how good would it be to potentially showcase another best ever Olympic Games on our home soil? We know how to do that. Um, And I would love to be a part of this team at those games. And uh, I'm hoping that if I do a good enough job in Paris, um, they might, the AOC might keep me on. But you know what? It's, it's all about what's best for the athletes. And, uh, and for me, I just need to get through Paris. But I get a bit excited, especially with the uh, Animes Velodrome 
as the cycling venue for those Olympics as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and what are the overall genuine uh, expectations in France? Do, do we shoot for the stars or is, does that put too much pressure on the athletes? Oh, you always shoot for the stars, always as an athlete. You know, you go in to try and win. That's, that's what drives us. As we want to strive to be the absolute best that we can be. And if that ends up being the best in the world, uh, it is a, a phenomenal experience um, to be able to live that in reality. However, reality is winning is really difficult. And there are, is a huge competition, uh, the biggest in the world. And sometimes just making the team is a, a huge, huge achievement um, that has a number of steps that follows that point. So, I really love the fact that the AOC support not having a medal tally because it adds a competition within the competition that's probably not necessary. And if we look after the process of delivering high-performance environments for our athletes to succeed, the outcome should look after themselves. So, um, you know, we, we love winning and winning doesn't just for me put a full stop at the end of a gold medal. Um, our best result at the Olympic Games is 17 gold. And we will have up to 480 athletes in the team for Paris. So there are an incredible amount of success stories and fabulous stories that we can learn from. Um, <clears throat> but I'm looking forward to the Australian public connecting with the people and the human element of the athlete yeah, and I'm that sure, we will have on our team. And I'm sure they will because nothing like the Olympic Games to galvanise a nation. And uh, look, mm -hmm. congratulations on getting the appointment. I know it was a couple of years ago, but it's a significant uh, appointment for you. Mm -hmm. um, we still remember you as a champion cyclist, but we know you'll do a champion job in, in this role as well. And we'll all be cheering for the our athletes come Paris in the 2024 Olympic Games. Thanks for joining us this morning, Anna. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Dean. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Anna. There's Anna Mears, and she comes from Rockhampton Way. The yeah, family up that way. Willow from Windsor's text in saying, what a champion Anna Mears is. She speaks so well, and it's easy to see why they chose her as chief demission. Good call. What are your yeah. expectations in France, Ray? Do you think we'll excel, exceed our Well, I think um, Anna just said 17 is our best. Gee, I hope we can get up somewhere towards that. We've got a great swimming team. Great swimming team. Um, you know, and you, and you get those unexpected gold medals, and there's a lot of new sports too in Paris, so it'll be fascinating. 450 to 480 athletes, um, 17 worth having a crack at? Well, as you said, you've got to aim for the stars. Yeah. It sounds like a bit of a mess up there in Brisbane, doesn't it, with the, the Gabba and the stadium rebuild, and I don't know yeah. all the details. I'm not across every bit of it, but it sounds like it's getting a bit messy. Yeah, it is a bit, a bit of a worry, but We're hopefully... talking about Suncorp Stadium as the oh. possible... Olympics. They're chopping and changing all the time. As an opening ceremony, you'd need a bigger stadium than that, surely. Yeah, well, they've got to, get, got to get these things fixed up pretty quickly because, as Anna said, you you covered Sydney like I do. It was one of the great moments of sporting career. Had a career. ball. Oh, we certainly did. I could Didn't tell a story. Sport, but, I, but I had a great time. <laughs> I could tell a story, Dina, but I think I can. Loose lips, Ray, oh, loose know, lips. But it, it was great fun. And I just quickly, I'll, I'll let our listeners know a little story. It was... Um, uh, I had to go early every morning to um, basically start at six o'clock, and I was on, where they put us up uh, in these apartments. We had to get a little train ride from there around to a Homebush, and so to go down to the train station. It's around Lidcombe, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 Lidcombe. That's right. I was trying to think what it was. Anyway, I get this phone call, and it's Ray Boy, <laughs> and I turn around. I said, Dino, where are you? He said, Turn around, and you're on the other platform. You were just coming home. It was. <laughs> 
It's about twenty to six in the morning, and I said, "That's mate, all right, Ray. You, you got you got to your. I was out doing preparation yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, you're outstanding, and you got there and did your job later that good day. Good Junos, do work their homework. Perfect. Yeah, you exactly. were very, very good. <laughs> we better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Hamilton leads. She's under pressure. Down one in the right off the goal. Her great rival Anamir's from second wheel. Pendleton leads, Mears tries to jump her down the back straight and she's got her on the outside. Anna Mears goes to the lead. Pendleton, I think, is a spent force. It's Anna Mears' goal, Rick. It's Anna Mears winning gold. 11-3-4-8. She's upset a great rival in the Olympic final. In one in consecutive races. What an upset. 